This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama's lone Democrat in Congress, House Representative Terry Sewell, is pretty happy with how President Biden is handling the Ukraine-Russian conflict. All other of Alabama's congressional members, not so much. They're calling for a stronger response by Biden and European leaders to the country of Russia. Congressman Mo Brooks says that there are too many sheep in Europe and too many wolves in Russia. Brooks blames European leadership within NATO for failing to provide adequate defenses for Eastern Europe, Brooks says that as a result, Ukraine is now being devoured by the wolf of Russia. Congressman Gary Palmer says that the U.S. and allies must exact a high price from Putin and Russia by imposing severe economic sanctions. He also says that the U.S. should return to producing oil and natural gas resources in order to help Europe end its dependency on Russian oil. Senator Richard Shelby called for a strong and unified response to the situation, and Senator Tommy Tuberville called Russian President Vladimir Putin a tyrant and called on the U.S. to support the Ukrainian people with supplies and financial aid. Congressman Jerry Carl and Barry Moore say that Russia's actions are evil and unprovoked. An Alabama man is currently in the second largest city within Ukraine amidst all of the military activity. Colin Mayfield is a freelance photojournalist from Opelika. He spoke on a video phone call with WSFA News about what he's seeing so far. Right now I'm in the Kharkiv Palace near the city center. It's been very tense. I was woken up yesterday morning shortly after 5 a.m. by the Russian bombardment. I saw civilians fleeing the city of Kharkiv in cars. Uh, shortly after the bombardment became a, there came a ground assault of Russian troops and more and more civilians have been fleeing. Uh, a lot of people seem resigned to what's happening. Uh, some people here in Kharkiv are pro-Russian. Some people here are pro-Ukrainian. Uh, a lot of people are just sick of the fighting because people forget that this war has been going on for eight years. It's just drastically expanded. Previously, it was just in the Donbass, which is in the Far East, but now it's covering much of the entire country. Uh, there have been talks of people leaving permanently. Some people are trying to flee into Poland. Uh, for the most part, people are just heading west towards the rest of Europe. Mayfield says that the city of Kharkiv is 250 miles west of Kiev, which is the capital city. This coming Tuesday, the Alabama Ways and Means Education Committee will be meeting to discuss the 2022 Education Trust Fund budget. That budget will appropriate the education funds for pre-K through 12th grade, along with two- and four-year colleges. The ETF budget for the next year adds $600 million to it, totaling $8 billion. The ETF has increased every year since 2010. However, the rankings, ratings, and testing within Alabama students has not yielded any better results. The National Assessment of Education Performance has ranked fourth graders in Alabama as 46th in the nation when it comes to reading and 52nd when it comes to math. If the committee passes this budget, it will go to the full House for a vote by the end of this week. The ETF budget is one of two budgets for the state of Alabama, the other being the state general fund that covers all other non-education-related state agencies. A federal court has ruled against a Dothan businessman who was challenging an upcoming congressional ballot. Jeff Coleman was seeking to get on the Republican ballot in order to oppose incumbent Congressman Barry Moore in 2022. 
The U.S. Court for the Northern District of Alabama ruled that Coleman failed to qualify by the deadline. Coleman entered the primary race on February 10th after a federal court out of Birmingham extended the congressional district deadline in order for those districts to be redrawn. However, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against that lower court's decision when it comes to redrawing the districts and has returned that original deadline to January 28th. No word yet from Coleman on whether or not he plans to appeal the decision. The University of Alabama receives a $20 million donation. This is the largest charitable gift for the university in its history. The donation will be used for a new facility for performing arts, theater, and dance. The Smith Family Center will be named after Mark Smith. He's a Huntsville businessman who passed away in 2007. The donation was made by the Smith family in honor of their father. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, President Joe Biden spent the weekend at his home in Delaware while Russia continued to enter further into the country of Ukraine by way of a military invasion. This past Sunday, Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered his military leaders to put Russian nuclear deterrence forces on high alert. Putin blames then members of NATO and the economic sanctions against Russia as the reason why he needed to increase Russia's preparedness For using nuclear weapons, he says NATO members are making aggressive statements towards Russia. European leaders are looking to isolate Russia by removing its involvement within the SWIFT financial telecommunication network, which would eliminate Russia's ability to conduct trade with international partners. So far, the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, Russia, has now told all U.S. nationals to leave the country immediately, A security alert from that embassy also noted that an increasing number of airlines are canceling their flights to and from Russia and that U.S. citizens should now act while commercial flights are possible. The alert also told Americans to have an evacuation plan that does not rely on U.S. government assistance. A Washington Post-ABC News poll shows that 54% of adults in the U.S. do not believe President Joe Biden is mentally fit to be the commander-in-chief. Approval ratings for what Biden is doing as president is now at 36% of Americans agreeing with his actions. The rest disapprove. 59% of independents are questioning Biden's mental sharpness. That is up by 13 percentage points since that question was asked in May of 2020. This latest polling comes at an awkward timing since Biden will be giving a State of the Union address this coming Tuesday night. Congress has also decided to lift the mask requirement in the U.S. House for this event, which is when Joe Biden will address all House representatives as well as senators. The attending physicians for the congressional offices made the policy change this past Sunday, lifting the mask mandate that has been in place for almost two years. The Center for Disease Control has brought about this recent change in policy by changing their method of determining the areas of high risk for COVID-19. The CDC is no longer using positive testing results as a way of mapping out where there's high risk. Instead, they're looking at how many hospitals have actual COVID-19 infection cases rather than just positive testing numbers to determine where the virus is really emerging. As a result, the new CDC map has 70% of the U.S. population in counties at a threat level of low or medium based on those hospital numbers. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki responds to calls for the U.S. to return to oil production in order to become more energy independent and not be purchasing oil from Russia and thereby make Putin and Russia richer. 
Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton was one of those to make that suggestion. How about we impose those sanctions, but we lift all those restrictions on the production of American oil and gas so we can start drilling on federal lands again and putting out new leases so we can reopen the Keystone Pipeline, which would bring more oil into America every day from Canada than we import every day from Russia. Saki responded to Cotton's comments this past weekend on ABC News. Energy sanctions are certainly on the table. We have not taken those off, but we also want to do that and make sure we're minimizing the impact on the global marketplace and do it in a united way. I would say that the congressman's recommendations there, the Keystone Pipeline, was not processing oil through the system. That does not solve any problems. That's a misdiagnosis or maybe a, a, a misdiagnosis of what needs to happen. I would also note that on oil leases, what this actually justifies, in President Biden's view, is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, on oil in general, and need to, and we need to look at other ways of, process, of having energy in our country and others. And former President Donald Trump spoke over the weekend in Florida to a crowd of conservatives who attended the CPAC conference, that stands for Conservative Political Action Committee. Of course, the whole issue of Ukraine was brought up during Trump's hour and a half speech. I have no doubt that President Putin made his decision to ruthlessly attack Ukraine only after watching the pathetic withdrawal from Afghanistan, where the military was taken out first, our soldiers were killed, and American hostages plus $85 billion worth of the finest equipment anywhere in the world were left behind. Yesterday, reporters asked me if I thought President Putin was smart. I said, of course he's smart, to which I was greeted with, oh, that's such a terrible thing to say. I'd like to tell the truth. Yes, he's smart. The NATO nations, and indeed the world, as he looks over what's happening strategically with no repercussions or threats whatsoever, they're not so smart. They're looking the opposite of smart. If you take over Ukraine, we're going to sanction you, they say. Sanction? Well, that's a pretty weak statement. Putin is saying, oh, they're going to sanction me. They sanctioned me for the last 25 years. You mean I can take over a whole country and they're going to sanction me? You mean they're not going to blow us to pieces, at least psychologically? The problem is not that Putin is smart which, of course, he's smart. But the real problem is that our leaders are dumb. (laughs) Dumb. So dumb. And they so far allowed him to get away with this travesty and assault on humanity. That's what it is. This is an assault on humanity. So sad. Putin is playing Biden like a drum, and it's not a pretty thing as somebody that loves our country to watch. Just not a pretty thing to watch. Trump also referred to the 2020 election being stolen and how important 2022 is for conservatives and Republicans to take political action. My fellow Americans, this nation does not belong to the radicals and it does not belong to the corrupt establishment in Washington that I've gotten to know very well. This nation belongs to you, belongs to you. It was patriots like you that built this country, and it's patriots like you that are going to save our country. 
So to all of those who think that they can coerce and subjugate the citizens of this land, hear these words from me tonight. The people of America will not surrender our borders. We will not surrender our culture. We will not surrender our faith. We will not surrender our values. We will not surrender our history. We will not surrender our liberty. And above all, we will not surrender our children to the small band of bullies and extremists who want to tell everyone else what to do. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams on Right Side Radio as he brings up the subject of gambling in Alabama. Because gambling is that, if I had to find a way to describe it, gambling's like that zombie legislation in Alabama. It never dies. I mean, you can shoot it in the head and it keeps getting back up. Um, so the zombie bills, they come in every year. I will say this. People, for eight years in the state Senate, I never once had anybody tell me they wanted a casino. I had multiple people tell me they'd like to have a chance for a lottery. All right, I get that. But you know what kills the lottery every year? You may not know this, but I'm telling you, what kills the lottery every single year is the gambling interests that own the casinos demand certain language be written in, and it kills the bills every single time because their greed overtakes their um, ability to think through things. Will there ever be expanded casino gaming in the state of Alabama? I would prefer not, to be honest with you. Because like I said, I've never had anybody clamor for it. Phil, we need a casino, man. It's, it's about jobs. No, it's not. It's like, it's like building a whole bunch of McDonald's. They're mostly minimum wage jobs. They're not, they're not high-paying career opportunities. Then, and, and I get it. Even a, a minimum wage job is still a job. But that's not an economic developer for your area. That's like saying, we got another fast food joint. Yay! Okay, there's a little bit of revenue coming in, and a few people got a job that pays, you know, 12 bucks an hour. That's about it. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying the daily detail and want to make sure those reports come directly to your phone or electronic device, be sure to subscribe on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 